the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. I think my gain's up too loud. No, it's okay. Are you louder than <laughs> Thanks for joining us on OCR Talk. Look at my peaks, though. They're so high. They're so big. The peaks are so big. And yours are, yours are so low. <laughs> mine are so little. That's okay. <laughs> well, the whole, the whole reason we're <laughs> talking about that is because we are doing this the old school method. You know, we haven't done pure audio in a while. We've been doing all the live streams for all the testing and stuff. So um, I think because of the last live stream I did, I feel really good about what we what we've got. So we can come back to that and talk about it some. But I'm I'm like, all right, cool. Let's just go back to the, the basics and just do the audio. We're using Zencaster, uh, the website for the recording and. That's all we need. We don't need no fancy tech <laughs> technology for this. So this is episode number 54 with the 53 being the live uh, audio from my pit during Toughest, virtual Toughest. But we can go get into all that stuff. Anna, how's it going? It's going. I have done like nothing this week. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I well. I actually pulled something, I think the day before Toughest. I went on, out on like a two-mile run just to kind of, you know, get the legs, keep the legs moving. Yeah. And by the end of the day, I was like, something is not right in like the upper inside back area of my, my left leg. And sure enough, after Toughest, like it didn't bother me during Toughest, but after Toughest, the next couple of days after, it just got worse and worse. So I spent like two days kind of hobbling around, and every time I'd sit down, it would just put pressure on that spot, and it, it hurt Yeah, bad. I, I rolled my ankle the Wednesday before Toughest, and it was a <laughs> stupid, it was such a stupid injury, because like I hardly ever roll my <laughs> ankle now, but like... I was out running early in the morning as I did. And, um, you know, with all the smoke from all the wildfires, it's always been like so dark and cloudy and hazy. And on yeah. this particular morning, I could see like so many stars and I could actually see the moon. So I was looking up in the sky as I was oh. running and I was like, oh, the sky is so pretty. And then roll my ankle <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> So, <laughs> did, were, did you like hobble it off or did you fall down? No, like I popped back up pretty quick. I didn't fall or anything. Like as soon as it happens, like I popped back on my feet pretty quick, but it, like I definitely felt it. So I was like, well, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I should be okay. <laughs> if as long as I like stay off of it for the rest of the week, you know, not like push it or anything. So like I would just get on the assault bike or like I just did a whole bunch of walking at work. Um, but by my last lap 
um, for toughest, it was not having it at all. I was, I was so done. Like I was, I felt like my ankle was swollen like twice the size of my other one, which it wasn't. It was, I was being dramatic, but it was still painful. Like it was still really painful. So, um, and I definitely felt it like going, uh, going up the hills, like climbing, mm. like whenever I was climbing. So I was like, I'm glad this is my seventh and my last lap. I think I'm just going to call it good right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was it recovery this week on that ankle? It wasn't bad. I, I made sure to wear like compression socks and keep it iced if I, if I felt like that was helping. Um, so now it feels completely back to normal. So I think maybe start slowly getting back into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been just yeah just a week off i mean i I've, i have been dealing with uh you know the house stuff uh getting ready for that so um but it was nice just letting myself heal up and and honestly it felt like one night it was like oh it's just all of a sudden almost back to normal and then the next day it was still uh i could tell if, if i like kind of went into a, like a running position and kind of bounced around it would it was a little tender, but then the next day after that, which was, I guess, Friday, and it was like, oh, wow, it doesn't feel bad at all anymore. <laughs> and I ran this morning. Yeah. So I did a five mile run this morning and then did a two hour workout after it. And it felt great. felt normal. Yeah, I was going to say, no I, saw, uh, I saw this, the Instagram story and the Facebook story um, about your workout at um, Miles' new gym. Yep, got to go finally to the Foundry Gym, which is in South Lake here in the DFW area. Miles Keller, who people might recognize from the Link Endurance podcast with Mo. And, you know, they haven't, I think Mo's still been doing it some, but he hasn't been doing it with Miles. And honestly, Miles has got two gigs now with, you know, regular job and this gym. So he probably doesn't have a ton of time for it anyway. Plus, you know, engaged and uh kids and all that good stuff so yeah i think mo is uh is actually changing the name of his podcast i think or like his whole, mm. he's like rebranding oh wow That's like the last thing i heard so yeah okay i can't remember off the top of my head what and i feel really kind of bad but because I, I i listened <laughs> to that episode a while back and i was like oh that's interesting he's like rebranding pretty much everything of his Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I'll see it soon. Yeah, it's not going to be Link Endurance anymore. It's going to be something else. Okay. But yeah, the the Foundry was really cool. And so while we were there, we did like some exercise type things with a run and then an obstacle for each round. So we did one with Twister, one with Monkey Bars, and then one... Actually, we did four. We did one with a rig and one with uh, an Olympus style wall that they have cool so while i was there i was like out of all the times i've seen this technique for uh for twister i've never gotten a chance to try it and so that was like the first thing i did is like i gotta go try this out and see if it works (laughs) so you know if you you saw from the instagram story but for those listening it's uh taking your first hand and kind of swinging the twister like a monkey bar so you're kind of swinging hand over hand and more of a dead hang and so when you grab with the right hand uh depending on what the way the bar is going which typically i think it's turning um counterclockwise so when you grab with the right hand you grab the bar normal the the hold normal 
But when you go on the left hand, you can turn your left hand backwards. Um, so if your hand's facing away from you, you just turn it to the left and then grab the bar that way. And that way, when you pull down, the bar rolls into your hand instead of out of your hand as it would normally trying to swing it that way. So it was very effective and it feels comfortable. You go through it quicker because you can skip holds and it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. I want to do that every time. I think. Yeah. I want to try that in the next, whenever that is <laughs> the, next, yeah, right. the next race. So it feels similar to, you know, kind of the swinging monkey uh, method for Pegatron. Uh-huh. If anybody's ever seen anybody do it that way. Yeah. Pegatron's obviously more difficult because you got to still get the peg in there while you're swinging, but that method is is pretty good. Uh, it's not as taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it the trick the the hardest part about it either one really is that you've got to be able to hang dead hang and swing not just dead hang swing on your non dominant hand. Yeah. So that's the part that really will get you if you're tired and you'll go on that you know left hand if you're right handed and and it'll just it'll you slip right out because you're just not as strong on that hand. I can see that being tricky for some people who don't quite have uh, the dead hang ability from, especially just from one hand, but they're also right. their non-dominant hand, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the things that is extremely good to work on is getting, uh, you know, different uh, monkey bar style or pull up style workouts where you're switching your grip a lot, mm-hmm. letting go with one hand to move to another hold or something like that. I feel like that's what I did a ton of to get to where I could actually do Pegatron at one point. Yeah. But yeah, that workout was, was pretty awesome. It was great to see miles. And, uh, after I, I, I went and I ate, uh, some seafood and I'm so stuffed right now. Uh, I, I went to a place and it was, I didn't really have a big meal after toughest and we'll talk about why, but, uh, I kind of got my meal in today. So I went to this place and I was like, hmm, I know the crawfish are going to be out of season. So I'll probably end up getting maybe some shrimp and maybe some snow crab. And oh, they had uh, like a, a bag, like a sack uh, option where you can get all three. And I was like, well, <laughs> let me go, go ahead and do that. You seem like a so good I'm pretty idea sure it was like <laughs> it was like three and a half pounds worth of stuff oh, and God. potatoes, sausage and, and corn. So I saved some of my sides for later uh, so that I could eat because I, w- I didn't want to take the, the seafood home and, and stink up the house for my wife. So I went ahead and just ate it all. <laughs> Man, it was rough. That's what I meant. But I meant it was good. Good seafood. <laughs> good fresh mm. seafood. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you about this place called Shell Shack Mm -hmm. and this place that I went to today called Crab Kitchen, I think, Mm -hmm. and they do it very similar. So, you know, nothing beats a good old crawfish boil where somebody's got the pot and the fire's on and the water's boiling and they're throwing all the stuff in there and and the food just sits. The crawfish and the sides just sit in the boil and then they cook that way. Now... I, it under, I understand why these uh, restaurants don't tend to do that because you're trying to feed a ton of people. And if that's not like the meal that everybody eats, then it's just not quite as effective to <laughs> boil. Anyway, so what they do is they they boil it, I think, in a, you know, very mild flavor. 
but then they take it and they, you know, say what seasoning or what flavor do you want? And you can get, you know, as low as nothing to very hot stuff. Uh, so their special seasoning is not quite the typical crab bowl that you think. Instead, it's more like it's more like a mush of seasonings that they put the once. The, so they, they probably already have the crawfish and stuff boiled already. And then they put it in a bag and, with the seasoning. And so it's, it's a sauce slash kind of really muddy uh, mixture of stuff. And then the, uh, so the crawfish are like in that mush. And then they put that in that plastic bag. It's a very thick bag. And they, I think they boil that with the stuff in it. So it's kind of like a way to prepare everything ahead of time and then very quickly kick it out with the flavor you want. Hmm. So if you popped up, if you pop the tail out and it, and you just ate it by itself, it yeah. would probably be kind of bland. Yeah. But you've got all this seasoning to like almost dip it in. And it's actually really, really dang good. Now, I wouldn't trade that for a, a good old fashioned crawfish boil, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that. <laughs> no. So that was a lot of talk about seafood. <laughs> oh, speaking of which. um, since the hurricane, Hurricane Laura just came through, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been asking me, you know, living here in Dallas and having family from Louisiana, they've been asking, you know, how's your family doing? Everybody okay? And so I've been telling everybody, yeah, they're they're just fine. It's very odd to me that that hurricane went where it did. I, mm-hmm. I just can't recall, you know, 30 years living in Louisiana uh, in the New Orleans area, I can't recall a hurricane ever going up the border of Louisiana and Texas like that. Yeah. Can you think of one? I, I really can't think of one. Maybe, what was it, Andrew or something? I can't remember. Andrew was like right on top of us uh, where we were. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. So or maybe it was, well, Rita Rita hit more like Acadiana area. Like, uh, mm. But still not quite that yeah. far west. Yeah, not quite that far west. Um, yeah. Like this is probably the worst that St. Charles has gotten it, oh, I, yeah, I believe. Sure. In a long time, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because um, my friends in, in Lafayette, it looked like they were all doing okay. Like, they were without power for a little while. Um, and I think there's still some people without power. But um, for the most part, like, Lafayette proper, like, everybody in town is pretty much set as far as yeah. power goes now. Um, I know, like, uh, one of my my trail running group from back home, too, um, they were going to be heading out to Lake Charles as a group to kind of go help out like wherever they could. Nice. Cause I know some of them have like some family, maybe or friends that live out that way. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good luck to all those people out there. Hopefully it wasn't too bad for anybody. I know, uh, it really felt like the media was really kind of pumping this storm up. Uh, I, I kept seeing the word unsurvivable surge over and over again. And it's just like, there's a balance between fear mongering and being safe. And I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't quite feel like it was, it didn't feel like they needed to say all that. I feel like there's enough of that going around right there, right now. (laughs) And that like adding a hurricane and the words unsurvivable surge is a little unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) They should have just said, Social distance with the, the coast. <laughs> right. I think people would have understood that exactly. better. Exactly. 
All right. Well, let's get into some OCR. We got, uh, you know, I think the biggest topic for this is virtual toughest and kind of how that went. So let's talk about a couple of other things beforehand. Uh, Savage Race had their race up in Chicago. And from what they said, it, it looked like it went off pretty well. Yeah, they got some pretty good reviews on it, too. Yeah, I think they had the elites go. Uh, I want to say they did waves mm-hmm. instead of all at once. And they they tried to gauge and put the people that would be up in front in the, the first wave anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think they may have still went off of chip time. Mm-hmm. So kind of the way, you know, the short course in OCR Worlds does. And then, of course, after that, all the open waves were uh, shorter, uh, smaller, smaller groups as well. But I, I would, I'm kind of torn because Savage Race is coming here in on October 10th, mm-hmm. and that same weekend is Spartacus Dash, which is a small town race uh, that's you know for a charity or something down in Belton, Texas, which is about an hour, two and a half hours south of here. And we have gone to that every year for the past three years, I think, yeah. maybe four. Um, Layla's run it. April ran it with Layla. Uh, even Declan's done a little bit of it. So at this point, it's like that's you know the race that we all get to do together. So it, it'd be a shame to miss that. But we're not 100% sure if they're actually going to hold that one either. They've been trying to gauge their crowd and, and figure out what to do. Well, so is um, is Savage Race still doing? They're not doing their Saturday Sunday format, right? They're just doing correct. I believe it's just it's Saturday, all one day. Yeah, you can still do Blitz, but it's all all on Saturday. Yeah, so it's not like you could go to one on Saturday and then do the other on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and typically, when we do that Spartacus Dash, I'll run the first wave and then. After I get back, then it's time for the kids' wave. So then Layla goes, and I'll, you know, either I run it with her or April does, and then so at this point it'll probably be you know all four of us hopefully running together with with Declan too. But uh, by the time we're done, and especially if I did well, and you know, like last time I got age group podium, so you know you wait around for that, and then you go like to Pizza Hut after or whatever, and then by by the time you get home, it's already three o'clock. Yeah. But we usually drive down there first and get a hotel the night before. So that's kind of part of the fun of it. Like the kids, kids love that stuff. So yep. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of which, we actually did a a legit uh, family summer vacation. We got an Airbnb with a pool because we don't have one ourselves and uh, went and just stayed at this house for five nights. And uh, it was in Austin. A uh, very cool area, and actually had a nature preserve like across the street. And I got to go run run the trails there. Took the family hiking on the trails, and I would, which makes me like I would love to go check out all the trails around there. Because th- when you could even you, in that nature preserve, there were trails that led out of there, and they went. I looked at the map, and they just went on forever, and it looked like some of them even went down in like some gorges and stuff. Oh man, <laughs> probably amazing out there. Yeah, that Airbnb looked like so much fun. Do the do the kids yeah. like have gills from swimming every day? <laughs> yeah, it's just wake up, eat breakfast, go <laughs> sit by the pool until the sun, you know, hits you, and then get in the water. Yeah, 
It was pretty fantastic. Wasn't there like a little a rig or a little like obstacle? <laughs> there was. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a zip line over the pole, and then there, yeah, there was a a, a strap like a, a slack line strap uh-huh. or a tie down. I guess is what it really is uh, a, a strap, and then they had hanging from a different holds, and so the kids were not playing on it a ton, but they did go play on it a couple yeah, of times. I'm sure. <laughs> And then at night, getting a jacuzzi. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty rad. And they, we didn't expect it, but they had so many games and toys there. Like, we brought all our own stuff, and we're like, all right, we're going to play board games and whatever. And they had so many kids' toys, so many books, uh, an Xbox, which we didn't even touch. That's awesome. Um, so many board games. It just, yeah, we, we played ours, but we played a ton of their stuff, too. And the kids, of course, were just going nuts with all the Legos and just all these other toys that they don't have, you know, right. they have some Legos, but just not those ones, you know? <laughs> but it's different Legos. <laughs> right. That's the, yeah. They even had pulled toys. They had right. a couple of dolphins, cool. blow, inflatable dolphins, <laughs> Savage race <clears throat> back to Savage race. <laughs> they, I really, I really do want to do anchors away. That's, Probably my biggest draw. I mean, the whole race in itself is fun, but that's my biggest draw for wanting to go to it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like a little part of me hopes that Sparkers Dash cancels, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, whatever's best for them. You know, they're they're trying to be safe, keep everybody safe. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I saw a interesting email came through i'm trying to remember what race company it came from i'm blanking on it now but it said uh it started it put out their 2021 refund policies obviously since covid has started to happen refund policies for so many different companies have changed what they normally you know said you could get a refund for and much much more lenient than typically and so now I'm seeing these refund policies for next year already coming out. And it's interesting to me because I, I see why they're doing it. I, I think on a, from a marketing standpoint, they're saying, hey, look, we understand that we aren't even sure if we're going to be able to have a race next year, but we still want you to sign up. But we don't want you to be worried that if something happens. So they're they're being more open about saying if you if you book a race for 2021 or 20 uh yeah for 2021 and it gets canceled you will have the option for just a flat out full refund Mm -hmm. so don't worry we want you there but we can't promise anything (laughs) so (laughs) that's just crazy like it's it's not even we're not even (laughs) we're already halfway through 2020 thank god but um, <laughs> but just yeah but so i had told you that i had signed up for 100k here maybe um i don't know I don't, it was I don't think so. it was supposed to happen um at the end of september and um and with everything going on and everything they were the company that puts it on, puts it on was able to have an event like sometime towards the end of july and it was like very successful event. It was really well run. They capped it at um, just so many participants and everything, and they spaced them out really well. Plus, it was like a 12-hour ultra that they had held in a different county. 
and everything went really, really well. Well, so this one, um, the, the event that I had signed up for because I was like chomping at the bit, right? Like there was only, (laughs) this was the only other (laughs) event I was looking forward to for this year and like holding out for, holding out hope for, um, (laughs) But uh, they were they were holding it in a different county, so they were allowing people to register through Ultra Sign Up. Um, but the stipulation was that uh, your card wouldn't be charged until three days before the event, if the event was to ah. happen. So I kind of like that because it ended up yeah. getting canceled. <laughs> it ended up getting canceled anyway, so um, my card never got charged, and like no harm, no foul, you know. But it would. Um, and I guess like with Spartan's whole like race for a dollar thing, I guess it's like the same kind of thing. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I would, I liked that format. Like I can sign up for it and I won't be charged until like three days before the event because three days before the event it's on, like it's happening, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that is really nice because that has been my hesitation to sign up for anything 2021 uh so far no that's not true i've signed up for a couple of things <laughs> but <laughs> for, but in, <laughs> but for the most part i haven't signed up for as much stuff as i would normally right and i i do feel like i would if it was you know we're, we won't charge you until such and such date mm-hmm. if the race happens yeah but at the same time for their for their marketing i can i can understand why these companies kind of rely on the signups that they get, you know, a year in advance. Like that's part of their normal influx of, of cash, but now they're not getting that. So they're really trying to say, Hey, don't worry. We'll give it back to you. If, if it doesn't happen, which that's, I mean, that's a gamble for themselves, but they're, they're doing it. So, yeah, I saw a Cowtown marathon over in Fort Worth was already, postponing their event mm. it's supposed to like happen in february or something but they postponed oh, wow. in may <laughs> what like 2021 yeah. yeah yeah oh my it's just, i know it, and, and like just seeing that i'm like no you can't you can't take away hope for january and february <laughs> <laughs> oh man like at this point i'm just trying to hold out until after november <laughs> yeah right <laughs> see what happens hmm that's crazy. Yeah. Um, any, anything non tough mutter related? <laughs> no, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's so true. There's nothing else going on. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. My schedule, I believe is pretty bare race wise until, uh, you know, October has, uh, as of now, October, we do have that Spartacus Dash that we're hoping for and Savage Race, which is looking good since they had one in in Chicago. Conquered a gauntlet here in in the DFW area on October 17th. And they're saying, look, we're we're doing it. We're having races. So we'll see. Well, I think Conquer the Gauntlet is the same weekend as Virtual Worlds. No. No? No, Virtual Worlds is still the same weekend as... Never mind. That was in Kansas. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then we, uh, you know, me and my friends are doing our 50 miler. We pushed it from September to October, which will be much cooler, hopefully. Um, and then I think actually, yeah, that's right. Five O Ranch out here is going to have a race 
at the end of September. So I might go do that as well. So I need, I just need to come to Texas if I want to. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's pretty much what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. There's you know, a few things out here. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if grit, Fitness has their endurance race again, oh, you know, yeah. the Grid Ultra. Yeah, they're still they're, at the end of the year. Right. They're uh they're still registering for that. They're still Yeah. I mean they had their grit games. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long ago here. Yeah. That looks Hey, are you not I considered think- on that team anymore since you moved? No, I uh I deferred my spot on the team this year just because I knew like life was gonna get crazy. <laughs> And I didn't know because yeah. I was like, I don't know how much time like I'll be able to actually devote to racing and like actually doing well at these races <laughs> because like <laughs> because like life is weird and like I've got this job now and I feel like they're trying to put me in a administrative position. So I'm trying to, uh, that you know, like so like there was so many things on my plate that I was uh that I was having to concentrate on that I was like, I don't know if I can like go all in on my racing or if it's just, you know, <laughs> jokes on you. You didn't get the race. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I still, I still totally promote their gym because I love, I mean, I love that gym. That's Kenny is yeah. awesome. And like their whole setup and they've got a few new locations now around in that area, which is, Oh wow. Yeah. So it's really awesome. And like, I really can't wait till I'm down again in that area just to like go, go check it out and go see him again all that good stuff but uh yeah i don't know i was i was actually thinking about the great ultra because they have several different distances now um available really they have like a 50 mile option a 50k option um so it'd just be like 12 hours instead of 24 yeah something like that yeah Yeah. So, um, yeah, they have a couple different registration options, which is cool because it opens it up to a lot more people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was considering it, (laughs) especially now since like, I think that's the only other thing on, on the calendar (laughs) for this year. But yeah. Yeah. I, I am still considering it as well. I mean, it's new year. So we, we spent new year's at my parents in Louisiana last year. So, um, it'd be nice to go do that. Yeah. And I think like they even right. set off fireworks at house. midnight and stuff. And it was all, yeah. It's like a really cool experience, but yeah. But yeah, getting a new yeah, house and like life and yeah, that all that. Right. Really so really who knows if we, what's that? <laughs> all that's going to come really, really fast. No. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which we, uh, close on Monday and we won't, we'll be moving in, in the second half of the month. So, nice. We'll still have a minute before we get to go be in it, but yeah, uh, closing is going to be exciting in itself. Yeah, I got the ball rolling on that today. I'm like nervous. <laughs> you did? <Yeah. laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I mean, there's like all kinds of properties going up for sale around the area, and like it's crazy. Like as you'd think, with the pandemic going on and everything the real estate market wouldn't be doing great, but it's actually, it's probably <laughs> doing as better or as good as, as it has been because like, yeah. as soon as I find a house I like that I want to go look at the next day it's sold and it's under contract. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. For us, it was just like, we, we wanted to do this eventually, yeah. but now we're spending every single day at home anyway. Right. So let's get in a house that we're going to enjoy. More. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely want to want to 
get in on it before the end of the year, of course, because <laughs> like house prices are just going to go up next year. So um, yeah. I definitely wanted to get it done before the end. So I just took a leap. I'm like, all right, let's just get this ball rolling. Let's see, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of buying stuff, Josh McCarty, a friend of mine, he just, uh, he said they just recently closed on some property. Um, I'm wanting to say it's east of Dallas. So kind of like oh, towards Tyler yeah. out that way. And it's, he said it's got some hills and stuff and out in the woods and it's got some, some good trails and whatnot. So, uh, you know, several acres of land. So might be a good, good place to go train and, and camp out. Right. That would be awesome. Started hearing a noise. Okay. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, have you, I'm sure you've been listening to the OCR Coven. Yes. Yeah. We just recorded I an just, episode this week. Oh, right <laughs> on. I just listened. What's that? It's spoiler alert. <laughs> if this gets released <laughs> before uh, our episode gets released. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just listened today to Kim getting interviewed by. By Caitlin. By Caitlin. Yes. And then her interviewing Allison Todd. Yeah. Those were really awesome episodes. And yeah. Speaking of which. I. I don't think I knew about Allison Ty's property that they purchased wow. and, and basically have a farm and an obstacle course race, right. an obstacle course on. But that sounds amazing. Right? Like if things go back to normal, that sounds like a race I want to go yeah, to. Yeah. Like I think I'd take a trip to Vancouver just to go like drive a couple hours and go see, go see her farm. Because I think I'm pretty yeah. sure she was actually planning before all, before COVID hit, she was planning on an event at her, at her property. Or yeah. like locally for people that she trains and, you know, different kinds of things like that. But, um, yeah, I would totally make a trip up there just to go check it out. It, it sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, uh, yeah, if we can, let's make that happen. Cause that it, would be super cool. Yeah. Road trip. <laughs> <clears throat> Knocking on Canada's borders. Let us in, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so I want to talk about toughest, but before we get into that, I want to, um, bring up something very serious, uh, for a moment. I know, you know, there's, there's plenty of people that we know that deal with depression and it's not something I personally deal with. And so I don't want anybody to think that, but un unfortunately a cousin of mine who, um, I was very close with when I was young, uh, he killed himself recently and it's, uh, you know, obviously it's sad, and but the the most interesting thing I thought about it, I mean, of course, the biggest thing is you want people to understand, you know, if you deal with things, oh, that's right, the whole reason, one of the reasons this brings it up is because I also listen to Kim talk to Heather mm -hmm. Bodie, uh, sorry, Heather Olson, who also deals with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, you know, when something like this happens, the, the thing you want to do the most is to tell people, you know, if you're struggling, talk to somebody, like, talk, you know, reach out to people. It's... I'm the kind of person who it, it's hard for me to make sure I keep in touch with all of my friends yeah. because I'm, I'm feel like I'm busy making m my life happy and keeping myself happy. Right. Like it's not like a struggle, but that's, I'm doing a good job at it. <laughs> so, um, it's for my, my friends, the people that I love and care about dearly, if I don't reach out to you, it's not because, I mean, you, you know, maybe it's because I'm a bad friend, but it's partly because I'm taking care of myself yeah. and taking care of my family. 
And it doesn't mean I love you any less. It just means I'm being a little selfish in that regard, which is, I mean, I think everybody should be able to do that and take care of themselves. But for people that do struggle with it, you know, they do need people there for them. And I, I hope that those people, you know, that's the struggle, right? Is those people just don't feel like they can or should go talk to people or, or whatever. Um, but anyway, so the, the, because that's a topic that I think, you know, it, it's, it's not talked about enough because people are, or feel like it's a, a taboo subject and they don't want to, they don't want to say they got it or they don't want to say they deal with it. But at the same time, you, you know, there are people out there dealing with it. And so the more we talk about it, the better. Uh, but typically I think a lot of people that, that do commit suicide, they, I, I guess some people end up saying like they, that's, they just want it out and they just felt like it was all too, too much. Um, I say this because my, my cousin, his name was Landon and his last name was Kramer, Landon Kramer. Um, he, from what I've heard, cause uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't super close with him as an adult. He lived, he moved up to Seattle. He is genius guy, uh, taught basically taught himself how, how to program, you know, before, uh, the internet was prevalent and ended up working for, Amazon and then going over to Microsoft doing uh, programming things like artificial intelligence and just crazy stuff that are beyond, you know, my comprehension. But from what they have told me, his family and, and, and close friends have told me that he was open about his struggles with depression. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the, the best thing that you can be. And you know, even even instead of sending flowers, uh, you know, their family knowing Landon, knowing how he was, are, are saying, "Don't send us anything. We're not looking for, uh, you know, flowers or things that are going to cost money. Instead, go donate to some charity that that helps with that kind of stuff. Uh, because of the you know the most more we can help people, the better the better we all are. But he he was. He was adamant about it, yeah. knowing, you know, it, it's one thing to have a problem, but knowing you have a problem, mm -hmm. obviously that's, that's the best, that's the first step you can have to, to fixing your problem. So, um, I guess just, just wanted to say that to say, if you do struggle with it, or if you know somebody that struggles with it, just, you know, do what you can to talk about it and put it out in the open. It's not something that we need to keep bottled up and, and hidden from the world, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there there needs to be as much of a stigma attached to it anymore. Because, like, especially now with what we're all doing with like the feelings of isolation, definitely probably um, exacerbate a lot of those feelings. So, right. um, I think I think the reason why um, a lot more people are being vocal about it is because, like, maybe maybe like their regular day to day lives before this pandemic, they were just so busy that they weren't they weren't like still enough and present enough to acknowledge how they were feeling and what they were going through because it was always go, go, go on to the next thing, on to the mm -hmm. next thing. But now that they're, we're kind of like stuck in one spot and we're kind of being forced to like stay in our own little bubbles, like, yeah, it does feel very isolated. Even, even if you still have your community that you live in, like, you know, you still miss your friends that you used to go travel to go see, or you still miss your family that lives 
you know, a car right away from you, you know, or things like that. And, um, yeah, just check on your people, just check on your people, make sure like, Hey, I know like everybody's struggling through this time. Just want to make sure you're good. You know, even just like a, you know, a message. It's like, Hey, I I know we haven't talked in a while, but just wanted to see if you were okay. And, um, yeah, I had a, I had one of my really close friends in high school. Um, his dad had actually committed suicide and it was like, it was a surprise for them and for him to go through that as a kid, like, or not really as a kid, but like, you know, as a high school, uh, you know, someone who graduated high school, like it was, a, it's a lot to process for the family and for the people that, that they leave behind. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very dynamic feeling <laughs> like you could be good one day and then like something could trigger you or, you know, just a collection of things can start overwhelming you. And then it just, it feels like a really heavy burden. And then of course you don't want to, you don't want to put that burden on somebody else or, you know, you might feel like you're um, bringing someone else down if you reach out to them, but you're, you're really not because like, I feel like, um, you know, even if there are some people, you know, who, who might react in that way, I think, for the most part, I want to believe like in the good and humanity <laughs> right now. And like, and I want to believe that like, if you would reach out to somebody, even if you're just feeling just like, not like yourself, I would think that whoever you reach out to, um, there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason why you reach out to that person and that person will respond. fine. Heather said it very well on the episode with Kim and saying that you get to a point, at least for her, she gets to a point where she just doesn't feel like she wants to do anything. And some people try and look at it as I need to have a plan and have this like action based thing to get out of this. But instead, you just need one step. Yeah. And that first step might be calling a counselor. It might be taking a walk outside, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, if you're sitting around, I guess, just wallowing, not not wallowing is the wrong word, but um, contemplating and delving on it. uh, Yeah. You know, take a step, take a step in the right direction. I mean, that's the same thing for for most anything, right? You know, people who are overweight need to make a change and get out of that. You take a step forward and that first step will start to build and grow momentum and get better and better. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's little baby steps and every, and I think everyone experiences it differently and, um, everyone, uh, yeah, everyone just has different experiences with like their anxiety or their depression. And, you know, um, I think it was, well, it was probably like, as we were all kind of starting to quarantine, um, but like I was still meeting with a counselor, through telehealth and it was super convenient and it was super helpful and it was nice just to like just to be able to just to talk to somebody else you know just it's so refreshing even if it's if even if it was just us just talking you know about nothing (laughs) you know like she wasn't being super analytical on me or anything and you know there's there's I think there was this negative stigma with like mental health counseling and the whole mental health field in general but like it's a very real and necessary thing. The Conan O'Brien podcast, actually, one of the ads, you know, I love the ads they do because he does them silly. 
But one of the ads that the, he does, and he actually does it very seriously, is one for a like a hotline type thing where you call and talk to a counselor. And it's probably sure they have a website that you sign up through and everything. But, um, you know, it, and if it's a person that you don't feel like you're matching up with, then they, they you try somebody else with you. And and it's people like in your area, too. So it's not just somebody from India yeah. or, or whatever. So, um, you know, they have trained professionals and it's like a whole network of them ac- across the world. So uh, I, I don't know what the website is, but I know there are things out there. So even if you feel like you've got nobody else, yeah. there are people who out there are that are trained Paid, of course, but trained to handle and help. Well, and then I'd like to also point out that, like, um, you know, if you have benefits through your employer, um, like my my last my last few employers have have had this kind of program where they have the your EAP program um, that pe- some people don't even know about, you know, um, and it's a completely mm-hmm. free service that's available to them. Um, and that's how I was able to connect with my counselor was because my EAP program, I was able to get like six or so sessions, six or eight sessions or something like that with my counselor for free, like nice. no pay, pay, not paying anything. You know, my employer doesn't know about it because it's like a completely independent thing that's handled. Um, it's just a different benefit that I get from my employer, but like, and you know, even though I know like unemployment is a thing right now, but, um, you know, if you have benefits through your employer and you don't know if you have that kind of program, it's definitely something to look into because not only do they provide services like that, but they provide other kind of services to like help. Um, like if you're struggling financially or, you know, things like that. Right. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up though, because I think it just needs to be talked about more and then it won't, there won't be such like a negative stigma attached to it. You know, like the more we talk about it, the more it's like acknowledged and the more we're aware of like people that might be having some struggles, you know, for sure. Um, I, if I, if I gave, if I were to give some advice to people that struggle with that, they may look at me and say, you don't know what it's like. Shut up. But that doesn't mean that I, you know, saying I don't have struggles with depression doesn't mean that I don't have emotions that are sometimes high and sometimes low. Now, for people that know me, know that I my emotions are typically more middle of the road. And while that doesn't present as high of highs, it also doesn't present as low of lows. So it, it kind of works <laughs> uh, for me. But uh, I know the best thing that I do for myself is whenever the lows happen, just to remember that it's it's just an emotion. Like, it's not... It's not something I did wrong or uh, for me, it's not even anxiety. But if, if I do have a, a down emotion, uh, a, maybe a down day, maybe I just don't feel cheery for no weird reason. That's all it is. It's just an emotion. Um, you know, it's going to come back around. And I don't know that 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 little just tidbit of acknowledgement of there's nothing wrong here. I'm just having an emotion about who knows what, you know, maybe uh, something that was on my mind or the way uh, I felt like I didn't work out for the week or, you know, who knows what it is, but it's um, just acknowledging that and, and, and recognizing it for what it is, I think. So that's my, 
that's how I deal with it. And maybe that's what's helping me to not have that problem. But maybe I also just don't know. So just trying to help us the way I know how. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your cousin. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. Definitely a shame. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, I feel like I keep getting noise. Let's change gears here and go on to toughest. Of course, you know, as with anything, actually, this bring, does bring up another uh, topic that I wanted to talk about. Uh, as with anything, if you want to reach out to us because you're listening to our voice right now and you know, you're comforted by listening to us, but you feel like, you feel like, you know, us don't hesitate to reach out that that's, that's why we're, we do this because we want to have those conversations with, with the community and, um, you know, the OCR talk at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, uh, we're here for any of those messages. So don't hesitate to, to ask anything. Um, I, I also thought about while listening to, Kim talk about how she has started an OCR coven uh, Facebook group. Yeah. And I was like, why did we not do that when we first started OCR talk? That was the whole point is to get conversations going. And instead, like a bozo, I thought, <laughs> let me put the topic list in the, the, the Facebook post and then we'll talk about it there. Well, that's a terrible Facebook is a terrible place to have a conversation. So a a group, a Facebook group would have been a much better idea. And I feel like a moron for not having done done so. But uh, so thanks, Kim, for reminding me that uh, I'm not always the smartest man. <laughs> and sometimes sometimes I don't get it all right. I mean, we were trying to do all kinds of new things right. there. But. <laughs> Oh, we've settled in all things like social media for OCR reports. So <laughs> yeah, more sure. in tune with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so there, there's all those places still to have conversations though. We're here. Toughest virtual toughest happened. It was a hot night <laughs> and you know, 12 hours, eight to eight, uh, lucky for me it was you know it, was, it actually took place central time time zone because that's where the original toughest was supposed to be toughest chicago and i i've heard a lot of this is how they should have done it better and it could have been so much better of an experience next time they should do it like this and i i feel like i've i've been hearing a lot of negative against it mm -hmm. from some people not everybody but there there are definitely those people out there but man i enjoyed it a lot and I enjoyed the format and I enjoyed the fact that the zoom call did not have a thousand people at the same time because I, I mean, who's, I don't think that's entertaining for anybody. Yeah. Like you can't talk to each other. You can, you know, you can still only have conversations with a couple of people at a time. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, um, the fact that the runs themselves were broken up by, uh, weird things like packing your backpack full of your book sack full of trash. Um, but you know, the, the exercises in between the, the obstacles weren't just straight up exercises. They were something with a twist or sometimes they weren't exercises at all. And I thought that just made it fun because when things get silly, you never know what, you know, how it's going to go. And it's different. It's just different. And, kind of playful and fun yeah whenever like the 
they definitely had some weird chat the whole taping the cup to my hands and everything but it's like silly things like that but just like they make you think or they make you remember like hey don't take yourself so seriously like it's a virtual race you know like like push your yeah. like push yourself as hard as you want but it's still a virtual race like <laughs> and, and then you're out running around with cups on your hands and you see cars pass you by and they know that you know they see your cups on your hands and they're like <laughs> What's happening? So you know you're thinking about all that yeah. every single time a car passes. So that definitely if made you it try interesting. And like conceal your cups at all? Like I definitely felt like <laughs> no. I was like maybe if I pretend like I'm reaching for something in my pack, they won't see the cups taped. To my hand. <laughs> no, I just I just accepted just it and it just had them out there, out for the world to see. I made a joke. Uh, April is like, man, people are going to see you. And I was like, yep, <laughs> neighbors out there are going to be like, there goes old cup hands again, <laughs> out going for weird runs. What a weirdo. You know, like it was a normal thing. But <laughs> uh, let's let's talk a moment about the, the participant numbers. Do you know? I, I don't know. I know fr- from the, I don't think I have it at the moment. The last time I looked at the, um, the results was when I put, put in my own, you know, like the day after the race. And I want to say it only said about 300 and something people. So that's how many people actually put in their, their times into the leaderboard. But that doesn't mean that's how many people signed up. Any idea? From what I, from what I remember Kyle saying on the zoom call between like between America and the UK, there was almost 1200 participants. Like okay, so between the two. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking like roughly, uh, roughly maybe like 600 or so from the U.S. Um, signed up, um, and that's just a, a rough estimate. Okay, so not quite uh, Laz's run across Tennessee <laughs> numbers, but uh, right. <laughs> Uh, but we got, you know, I got, we got the bib in ahead of time. So it kind of like even just running around in the neighborhood and that kind of gave it a little bit like I'm doing something legit. I'm not just doing a virtual race that I signed up for and I'm running it whenever, yeah. you know, yeah. like, this is a thing. I'm doing this right now. I was exciting. I, I was excited, like leading up to it. I was, I was, had the jitters and everything, like all those pre-race jitters, whenever, and especially whenever Sean was giving his start line speech on the Zoom, I was like, oh man, I miss this so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I so I did, I, I ran it and did live stream, which I felt pretty proud about. Yeah. Uh, I had a pretty sweet setup outside where I really put in some work to make, make the live stream as seamless as possible and as uh where i didn't have to do as much work so i literally once this thing started you know i had everything you know uh queued up to happen at the beginning of it until i did my intro and then um i all i did was switch between the two scenes the one with me and the one with the zoom call and the the web yeah zoom call and uh in that, I also had a little tablet with some shortcuts on it. So, like, that's how I did the transition from one to the other. I just pressed a button on a tablet. I didn't, because my computer at at my desk in my room was the one, you know, pr- producing the live stream itself. So, I had all my stuff outside to kind of keep an eye on it and do transitions, but also pull up 
um, show what lap I was on. So I had a, a shortcut for that. And then also to pull up comments from Facebook and YouTube, which was really awesome. So it went off really, really well. And, you know, just to say, I expect whenever it gets to where we are actually going back to races and OCR report is doing, uh, you know, actual race live race coverage. I think, I think we got something finally, you know, I've been working on this crap all year and it's just, I feel like I'm, I'm there. I feel like I'm there. And, you know, there's things to tweak to make the production quality better, but I think we've got something that, that can actually work. So pretty, pretty happy with that. But running the race was, was good. Um, I, I felt pretty good. I just tried to keep it slow and it was just hot and I, I sweat it so much that I couldn't keep going at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I definitely got super dehydrated, uh, 30 miles in. And I was just like, we started walking, a buddy came and ran that last couple laps with me. We started walking and, um, we got about three quarters of a mile in and I was just like, even walking was a struggle. And so I just called it from there. Cause it was like, I, I wasn't sure I'd be able to make it back or, you know, from the, at that point. But up until then I had a great time and it was a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> up until that point. Yeah. I think I had dealt with something similar. Definitely not as bad though. Like I think it was whenever, um, I had messaged y'all in the group text that I was like, Oh, my stomach, this, something's going on in my stomach. <laughs> and that was early yeah, on. Right? That was early on. That was like maybe second or third lap or something and i was like i don't know what's going on with my stomach but it's not happy with me <laughs> um so like i just kind of took a few more minutes and i just ate a little bit extra and i drank a little bit extra and then i was feeling like semi-decent i was definitely still not 100 percent, but i was like maybe i can just like put myself out there and if i start just start going like i'll just have to suck it up um and i think like whatever I ate and drank and like nutrition wise, I think I was just falling behind on and it caught up with me on that lap and I felt better. Like, Hmm. yeah, I just kind of pushed myself out there. Yeah. There was definitely like a water bottle that I had that I had mixed some noon in and I was going to have like a noon water bottle and a regular water bottle. And whenever I drank out of that noon water bottle, like something smelt off (laughs) in Mm. that water bottle. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I probably, kicked myself in the butt with that and i was like i don't even want that thing's going straight in the trash i don't even want to see it right now (laughs) (laughs) so after that i felt okay (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure i probably could have i drank um only uh straight water you know just regular water and i I probably should have had some some more electrolytes uh so it just caught up with me and i just didn't didn't uh, hydrate properly in some form or fashion. Yeah. So I'm going to do some research on how do you, is there a way to keep yourself from sweating so much? Cause I feel like I've got to drink so much water to combat that. <laughs> Probably not. You just have to get the, <laughs> the electrolyte tablets or the salt tablets. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why people get sweat tests done to see how much they sweat every hour while they're exercising. But I, where, where do you get those? I need a sweat I test. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth the money <laughs> at this point right now. <laughs> but yeah, one thing I had to contend with was like the haze. Like I definitely um, mm. thought about like it was probably the Wednesday before um, 
the day that I rolled my ankle, <laughs> it was probably that day that I was really thinking, I was like, maybe if I just find like a really cheap flight to Dallas or Louisiana, like, I could just like fly in, run my race down there away from all the smoke where it's nice and flat. And then like fly back on Sunday night. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, plane tickets by, at that point were like $250 a piece. <laughs> so uh, I was like, yeah, that's not happening. But it's definitely something I'm thinking about for worlds now because my course for toughest that I, I plotted out for myself. So the flattest I could get it was to, uh, there was still about 400 feet of gain. And that was the flattest I could possibly plot out a five mile route where I started from my house and ended at my house. That's about how much they had at in, in Atlanta, right? I think so. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> but, but, but I was also at like 6,200 feet of elevation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So not only is it harder to breathe, but I also have the smoke from the wildfires, which actually it wasn't as bad that night. It wasn't too bad because I could still see like a decent sunset. But, um, and yeah, but in the middle of the night, I definitely couldn't see anything up in this. Oh, like wow. it was just terrible, but my breathing wasn't, too terrible. I mean, the air quality was less than 200. So <laughs> I guess that I was, I think in California where like where Carla was, it was like what, 400 something, something. Like that. I don't know. It was yeah. crazy, but, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was pretty, actually, I was pretty glad about how my results came out. I was, I didn't tell anybody that I wanted to hit 35, but that was like my secret goal. <laughs> So, so that was like the number I had in my head. Yeah, that's killer. You and and Mark both got thirty five, and uh, you guys beat me because I, <laughs> I dropped out after thirty. And man, that, that's so cool. Uh, you guys did did really well. Uh, I know I had heard about your stomach issues at the beginning. And I was like, oh man, there goes Anna with a, a problem. She's going to drop out again. But uh, but you made it through and got through and and freaking crushed it after that. Yeah, I think there was. I mean, we haven't had an event to do that for, right? So, like, I was like, this is my only event. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Like, let's let's freaking do this, you know? Like, so yeah, yeah, it was good. What shoes did you run in? I ran. I started off in my uh, in my usual Torrens, my regular uh, uh, my regular Torrens, and then after there's just so many miles on those, like the tread and stuff is starting to wear off on, on the bottom of those yeah. shoes. Cause I ran in them so much. Um, after like the first or the second lap or no, it was after, um, it was after the squats in the shower. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I changed clothes and I changed my shoes. Um, and I switched to the Torin plushes and those were a little nice. bit better because I think like, the plushes, yeah. that's what I ran the whole, whole thing. Yeah. In. It, it is a difference between those and the regular Torrens for sure. Yeah, I feel like there's more support in the regular Torrens, but the, the plushes just like have a little, that little extra cushion feel to them. Yeah. Do you have any blisters nice. like everybody's complaining about? <laughs> I, I did not. I ran uh, with two socks on and, and tried it with no lubricant at all. So I wanted to see how does two socks do without lubricant and, they did great. I started to get a slight hot spot on the like palm of my my foot um, after do after doing the squats under the water. 
because I kept my shoes on. And so just that, that I guess squishing with the, with the water, yeah. um, kind of got that going. So after that happened, I ended up putting, uh, some fresh socks on and some lubricant on that, that one spot, but the normal spots that I normally get blisters, not, not a thing. Nice. Yeah, I didn't have Those any blisters. <laughs> I didn't have any blisters. I know Caitlin was struggling with some blisters, and I talked to her this week about uh, maybe it's like the fit of the shoe because I know sometimes some people don't like quite have the right fitting shoes. Right. Um, before I started running, I was or before I got fitted for a shoe, I realized that I was running in a shoe that was almost a full size too small for me. And same here. Yeah. So I really didn't want to go up in size because I don't, I don't know. It was a vanity thing or something, whatever. But now like, <laughs> I don't have any issues with my feet other than like they feel tender because they're sore. Well, I felt like I wanted my shoes tighter because I was doing obstacle racing. So whenever I was on an obstacle, I, I want to feel every little thing. I want my feet to be like hands right. and you know, we do too much running, so you, you can't do that. And uh, w- what I learned, you know, the second I went to a shoe store and actually got fitted is that you need a little bit of room in the front yeah. so that you don't uh, get that rubbing happening up yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. So, yep. Um, yeah, shoe-wise, I you know, I did that. Uh, I showed off those Merrells, <laughs> the Skyfires, um, not too long ago, those things. I'm still loving those for trails and the torrens and the torn plushes for, for on the the concrete and the, the asphalt. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. That's all I want right now. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to break down and get a new pair of just the regular torrens because they're just the, <laughs> they're just so beat up and like I said, the tread is so worn down now. But like I found that whenever I'm doing a run and sometimes like I'll map out a run that goes from the road to like hard packed. Um, dirt trail Um, as long as it's like hard packed and it's like not too rocky or anything like those will feel amazing on the trail and um and then i can just go right back to running on the road without having to like worry about changing my shoes or anything nice yeah the i'm kind of thinking i won't do a tough the tough motor challenge for to get the get the holy grail it doesn't like i'm okay if i don't (laughs) <laughs> I just figured there's nothing else to do. So, well, yeah, no. If you got, yeah. if you're enjoying it, yeah, absolutely do it. I, I've just been enjoying the challenges themselves yeah. by listening to Carlo and uh, you know Josh and Carlo talk about right. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. This will be my first month doing the Tough Mudder challenges. I've been a part of the group and like just seeing what everybody's going through in the group in the Facebook group. Um, but this will be my actually my first month doing it with them and like tracking and doing all that stuff. So cool. During toughest, you know, they, they showed a lot of like, since everybody was posting their, their obstacles online, they were going through the hashtags and finding them and showing them throughout the event. That was pretty cool as well. So although we didn't get to have that big interaction, they were still showing basically the people out on the course. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And then like, um, we got to, be a panelist or whatever, or be on the video, be on the zoom call with them, I guess, um, periodically throughout the night, like as people were coming in to do their challenges and their obstacles. Um, yeah. Right. Did you ever do that? I think I talked with them, um, before my squats in the shower, maybe I think. 
Huh. Um, I need to. On. Yeah, I need to find out. I need to go back and look at the live stream and see if I can uh, see you on there. Or it might have happened while I was in because it seems like me, you, and Mark were all coming in for obstacles about the same yeah, time. Yeah. And so. then I know Mike and Caitlin hmm. were on there for their planks, I think, maybe. Really? Nobody. Nobody said any, said that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because you get to see how a lot of people were like doing their doing their obstacles and stuff. So that was really. Cool. Yeah. Well, here's to virtual world toughest. <laughs> it uh, definitely still won't be the same. No. But you know, it's what we got. So. Yeah. No. I'll be excited if I can if I can make it happen. I'll probably I probably will go down to Dallas and uh, visit my mom and you know, uh, <laughs> maybe run it with y'all and see how like doing it with a group will change my experience, that, I guess. There was I, yeah, I do think that would be really killer. Yeah, there was, there I, was I know. some lonely parts whenever I was like, oh, this is so lame, like just running by myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously not only like we, we did a good job of having our own group, even though we were apart, yeah. we were still had a, a, like a text group, a text message group going and all of our pit people were checking in on each other. And then we were able to also check in yeah. since we were running with our phones, check in on out on the runs and stuff too. It was really, really yeah, neat. Yeah. That's, I definitely did that too. Cause whenever I would stop and walk, I would just pull my phone out and be like, what's going on in the group text? Who's, who's, who's in, who's doing what? And you know, that was, that made it go by a little bit better. Yeah, it was very similar to, you know, when you're out on World's Toughest, like in, and normally you you come into the pit and you're asking, hey, how's so-and-so yeah. doing? So it was a lot like that. It kind of had that same feel. It's just, of course, you didn't have anybody to uh, chat with in person right. while you were out running. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that would be pretty rad if we did that. Um, the neighborhood I'm moving into has a uh, paved trail literally across the street uh, where houses on a corner on an inside corner and across the street, there's no houses and there's a little paved trail that runs through that area and goes behind, you know, the other houses nearby. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be a perfect spot to pit out of my garage and hit that trail and run. I don't know. I'd have to figure out what the best layout would be, but I mean, sure, we could, I mean, shoot, we could, <laughs> We could go, yeah, we could go sneak into like Eagle Mountain or something and do that, but I'm pretty sure nobody wants to do the elevation if they don't uh, have no. to. I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I really kept trying to be positive with myself and be like, just think how good you'll be at climbing after this. But yeah, my, my quads and my butt just hated me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for me. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, no. Uh, actually, that if I did come to Dallas and Mark came to Dallas as well, we could practice for our, our relay race that's coming up in March. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Which I, I still don't know how that's going to work, honestly. Like, is somebody supposed to follow us in a van or something to be our pit crew or something? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Well, since we're relay, wouldn't we be able to... Like if we had to, would yeah. we be able to drive? Take turns. I would driving? think so. I would think so. Possibly. I yeah. feel like I need more information on that. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Hmm. All right. Um, uh, I I saw Kevin Harkins today. He got his his tank top. He's got a red OCR talk tank yeah. top that he you know won on the last giveaway. Yeah. Uh, he, he was rocking that. And Sophia said she got her 
hoodie, and she's just waiting for the cold weather weather to come around now. Right. So uh, no giveaway today, but I'm I'm pretty sure you know once I get into my house and things get settled and slowed down a little bit, right. I'll, I'll double check the the monies and see what we got because I'm pretty sure we still got enough for at least another giveaway. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to go move and get myself a, you know, legit rig in my garage and, and all that and get myself a, a running trail nearby and start, you know, maybe even get a pegboard or something cool like that. Moving uh, on up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of which, you know, my, I'm going to have a, an actual office in that office room is going to have, I'm like, I'm going to put a green screen in there. I'm going to have it to where I'm like my, my audio stuff for podcasting and, and doing, uh, you know, live streaming, all that stuff's going to be like set up and ready to go. So I ain't got to break it out every single time I want to do something right. like everything. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty nice yeah. to actually have space for that stuff. And hopefully kids on the other side of the house and not <laughs> next to, to the next door. Cause I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you could hear them, but I know I can. <laughs> You're not having to like resort to hiding in your closet to record episodes. Well, I mean, if I had a closet that was big enough to get in it, I, maybe I would. But <laughs> I, I am curious. I'll uh, well, the office, the room that I'm thinking about making my office in has an a door that goes into the attic. I'm curious how the acoustics would be in there. You know, I, I mean, I, I could probably pad it up if I wanted like to in the attic? and make that the the recording booth. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Just have a fan up there because man, that would get hot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me go beat these kids up and throw them around for a bit. <laughs> Anna, nice talking to you. Good talking to you, Jason. Listeners, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. And, you know, hopefully see you at a race in the near future. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Uh, take care. Take care, guys. Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.